Well, good morning, OCC family, and happy Mother's Day to all the special moms in our lives. You know, raising four boys, Mother's Day is always a fun holiday in our house. Uh, We try to show my wife how much we love and appreciate her every single day. But when Mother's Day rolls around, uh, I get the privilege of taking the boys out to Target or the mall. Uh, They each get a small budget to work with, and they're able to pick out a special gift for mom. Now, obviously, things are a little bit different this year with the coronavirus going around, this, this global pandemic that we're all experiencing. But this is always a blast because as the boys grow, their idea of what makes a great gift changes from year to year. So, for example, when they're younger, like Elliot, who's three years old, or Phillips, who's five, they tend to pick things out that they would like or that catches their eye. So maybe some lime green nail polish or even a toothbrush because, you know, who doesn't need a toothbrush? But when they're older, like Weston, who's six years old, or Micaiah, who's 10, they tend to be more thoughtful in their selection, uh, choosing something that they know mom really wants or needs. As I was preparing for my message this week, I came across a list of the 20 worst Mother's Day gifts that you can gift your mom on Mother's Day. This list is hilarious. Now, I'm not going to share all 20 with you, but I thought I'd share just a few this morning. Also, as a side note, uh, husbands and fathers out there, if you have gifted your mom or your wife any of these things in the past, I just want to apologize in advance for getting you put in the doghouse this morning. (laughs) So number one that I wrote down, uh, when a young mother's son was three years old, Her husband's gift was a trip to the park to pick up garbage because Mother Nature is important as well. (laughs) So no card, no flowers, just a trip to pick up trash. I mean, how thoughtful is that? (laughs) Number two that I wrote down, one son gave his mom fake chocolates made entirely of clay. Uh, It was actually his craft teacher's idea. She provided empty chocolate boxes for all the students in the class to put their clay projects in. Uh, So when he gifted this box of chocolates, fake chocolates to his mom, he had never seen her so disappointed. Number three, Uh, One mom said, my husband and kids gifted me a half-dead houseplant that was on clearance from Home Depot. I pretended to love it, planted it with care in a nice ceramic pot, and watched it slowly die despite my efforts to keep it alive. (laughs) Number four, another mom said, on my first Mother's Day, I was actually still pregnant with our first son, Uh, The neighbors, they're so kind, they bought me a card wishing me a happy Mother's Day. My husband said, why did they do that? You're not even a mom yet. Now, on my second Mother's Day, my husband said, I didn't get you anything this year because you're not my mom. He's now my (laughs) ex-husband. I thought that one was pretty funny. Uh, The fifth one I'll share with you, this is the last one. Uh, All the kids went in together and gifted their mom a beautiful card filled with dozens of sentimental words about how wonderful she is, about how great of a mom she is. She loved it because they usually gave her cheap cards filled with jokes. Then she read the printed words at the bottom of the card, which said, you're like a mother to me. (laughs) The kids were lucky she found it funny. I thought this list was funny. Hopefully it provides a good laugh for you this morning. You know, choosing the right Mother's Day gift is an important task. I think it's never easy, especially in our house, to find something that's equal parts useful, beneficial, and significant all at the same time. 
But there's one gift that I believe stands above this season's top gifts. And the great thing is it costs nothing for the giver and it's worth everything to the recipient. So what gift am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about prayer. You know, if you grew up in a Christian home, I would venture to say that your mother's prayers have been crucial in your life throughout the years, whether you've recognized it or not. I see the way that my wife prays for our kids, and I can say with absolute certainty that their lives have been greatly affected for the good because of her prayers. Prayers of peace and rest when they have trouble sleeping at night. I can't tell you how many times she's prayed uh, with our oldest son when he hasn't been able to sleep. Prayers of guidance and wisdom when they're struggling with school or fighting with a sibling. Prayers of salvation, that they would grow up to know how much God loves them, that they would make their own decision to believe in Jesus and to follow him with their lives. And prayers of thanksgiving, you know, recognizing that our kids are a gift and a blessing from God. In the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 2, verse 1, this is an amazing verse. It says, I urge you, first of all, pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. You know, God, in his wisdom, in his sovereignty, has chosen to work through his church to change the world through prayer. The Apostle Paul knew this, and that's why he instructs us to pray for all people. You can underline that in your Bible this morning if you like to do that. To pray for all people, asking God to help them interceding on their behalf and giving thanks for them. You know, we see throughout God's word how the prayers of God's people have powerful results. An amazing verse, James chapter 5, verse 16, reminds us that the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. I think it's a good reminder for all of us this morning uh, that if you're a Christian, uh, prayer was never meant to be our our last line of defense, our, our last resort. It's meant to be our first line of offense. It's meant to be our first option. So today, as we continue our series, Pray First, we're going to talk about four ways that you can pray for and encourage your mom. And after each point that I give, we're actually going to pause And pray over our moms this morning. So as I pray, I would encourage you to pray specifically for your mom or for those mom figures in your life. So if you're taking notes, the first point is this. Pray for her mind. Pray for her mind. In the book of Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 through 8, it says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. You know, we could really stop right there and talk about that all morning. I think with this pandemic going on and the worry and the anxiety that that brings, the Bible says, don't worry about anything. It said, pray about everything. Paul goes on to say, tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true 
and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. We want to pray for mom. We want to pray for her today that her mind would be guarded and guided by the truth of God's word and that she would know the peace that comes from trusting in the Lord. The kind of peace that can only come from God. You know, there are so many worldly things that are fighting for your focus and for your attention these days. That's why Paul encourages us to pray about everything and to fix our thoughts on the right kinds of things. I love the quote from Pastor Craig Rochelle. He says, most of life's battles are won or lost in the mind. Let me say that again. Most of life's battles are won or lost in the mind. This is so true. See, what you put in your mind often determines what comes out in your words and through your actions. As Christians, I believe we should train our minds to think about the things that are true. To think about things that are honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. You know, pressure from culture on moms these days, especially young moms, um, is unrealistic. I believe it's unrealistic. There's a false message out there that says, if you're not working full-time, being the perfect soccer mom in the evenings and on the weekends, making sure the house is always spotless and clean and that the meals are always cooked to perfection, then you're failing at the mom, as, as a mom. You know, friends, I believe this couldn't be further from the truth. See, when you go to God's word, you learn that culture's idea of what it means to be a successful mom and God's design for what it means to be a godly and successful mom are two totally different things. So today we want to pray for mom that her mind would be guarded and guided by the truth of God's word and that she would know the peace that comes from trusting in the Lord. Let's pray about that at this time. Father, we pray for her mind, that she would focus on what's eternal and true, not what's temporary and false, not what culture feeds us, but on what's eternal and true. Help her to take captive every thought, thinking about the things that you want her to think about, Help her to experience your peace during this season. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, point number two, if you're taking notes this morning, pray for her sight. Pray for her sight. Psalm 27 verse 13 says, Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I'm here in the land of the living. Psalm 27 was written by David when he was going through a difficult season. This is one of those difficult life storms that we've talked about so much. This chapter in Psalms really serves as a reminder to us that God offers help for today and hope for the future. You see, even in the midst of a difficult season, David chose to focus on God, to focus on his goodness, on his provision and blessing. David also experienced a kind of joy that his worldly circumstances could not take away. David's story is a reminder to all of us that we too have a choice. We can choose to focus on the storm, you know, the difficulties, the challenges of life, or we can choose to focus on God, on his goodness, his provision and blessing. We can do that in the midst of the storm. You know, in Christ, 
we've been given the same kind of joy that David experienced. We call this makarios. We talked about this a lot in our series on the Beatitudes last year. So if you'd like, you can actually go back and listen to these messages uh, through our podcast. But for the Christian, we've been given this kind of joy that the world, that uh, culture, that circumstances cannot take away because that joy is rooted. Its foundations are in Christ. David reminds us that even when we're going through a difficult season, we can still see God at work. You can still be thankful for God's blessings in your life. I spoke with an individual this week who will remain nameless, but she's part of an online small group with a larger group of women who are also from different churches. And she shared with me how many of these Christian women are currently so anxious and and even depressed because of what they're experiencing during this pandemic. This reminded me of David's story where he chose to look for the blessing and for how God was at work, even in the midst of the storm. See, he said, yet I am confident I will see, he will see the Lord's goodness while I'm here in the land of the living. The land of the living simply means in this life or while I am living. We know that Jesus said that on this earth, we're going to have trials and heartache and we're going to experience the storms of life. See, David was confident that God was still good and that he would see God working even in the midst of the storm. Friends, you can be confident in God's goodness and faithfulness today as well. Now, specifically, we want to pray for mom today, that she would see God's goodness, provision and blessing, regardless of her current circumstances. Let's pray for her at this time. Father, we pray for her sight, that even in the midst of life storms, she would see your blessing and your provision. Help her to see how you're at work during this season for your glory and for her good. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Point number three, if you're taking notes today, uh, pray for her hands. Pray for her hands. Ephesians chapter two, verse 10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And then if you go back to the book of Romans chapter 12, verses six through eight, it says in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. So to all of the moms out there, I want to say this today, that you are God's masterpiece, created with a purpose and for a purpose. You see, long before you were born, God had a plan for your life, a plan for you to make a difference in the lives of others. I mean, how awesome is that? In Christ, you've been uniquely gifted to do certain things well, as the Bible says. God's plan for your life is that you would use the gifts that he has given you to serve 
Jesus, uh, to help build up the church and to serve your families well. This reminds me of a true story in the book of 1 Kings chapter 7. It's here that we see Solomon, who is the son of David. He was recently chosen as the next king of Israel. And after some intense family drama, I mean intense family drama, you think your life is difficult right now in the midst of this pandemic, go back and read 1 Kings. Just start at the beginning. (laughs) There was some intense family drama. So after this, he decided to begin construction on the temple, um, which would actually stand as a symbol of God's holiness, as a symbol of God's covenant with Israel, as a symbol of forgiveness. Uh, It would be a place of prayer, and it would be used to help prepare people for the Messiah. Now, this project required thousands and thousands of workers. And of the thousands of workers needed to build the temple, there's one name that really stands out to me in 1 Kings chapter 7. So when it, when it came time to furnish the temple, Solomon hired a guy from Tyre by the name of Huram. Uh, Huram, we learn, is an expert or was an expert craftsman. He was extremely gifted when working with bronze and other metals. Now, we don't know what projects he was working on before he was hired to work on the temple. But we do know that the writer of 1 Kings was led by the Holy Spirit to give us his name and occupation for a reason. You see, during this season, the time that he was working on the temple, helping furnish the temple, he was using the ability that God had given him, uh, working with, with metal and with bronze, to work on something that had eternal value. Now, looking back to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, you know, it gives us reason to believe that every person listening this morning was created to accomplish the good works that God planned for you to do long before you were even born. And today, we can pray for mom that God would show her the work that she's meant to accomplish, the important, unique role that he intends for her to fulfill as a mom, as a grandmother, a friend, and in whatever occupation that that she's chosen. We can pray for mom that she would find joy and fulfillment in her work and that she would do everything for the glory of God and for the good of others. Colossians 3 uh, verse 23 says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for men. It's important that we We understand as Christians that we learn and live out that whatever it is that we're doing, we're not working to please people. We're working to please God and to honor God. I think we get those things mixed around sometimes. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, it says, So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. I know these are just a few verses, but we see really the, the biblical approach to work, all work, is to view it as an act of worship and as an opportunity to serve God and others. Whether it's picking up Legos for the 10th time in a day, which I understand is, is terrible, <laughs> or helping organize a merger. You know, work for the Christians should be done for the glory of God and for the good of others. So today we can pray for mom that her hands would accomplish the work that God has created her to do. Let's pray for her at this time. Father, we pray for her hands, that she would use the unique gifts and abilities that you've given her to accomplish the work you planned for her to do long ago. We pray that she would find joy, so much joy and fulfillment in the work that she does, and that it would be an act of worship and a way for her to serve you 
and serve others regardless of what she's doing. Whether it's picking up Legos or helping organize a merger. That it would be for the glory of God. And pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Point number four today. This is the last one if you're taking notes. Pray for her knees. Pray for her knees. Uh, Psalm 116 verses 1 and 2 says, I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. Because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. Throughout this series, we've said that prayer is the most practical way to have a relationship with God. I'm learning to believe that. I really do. And that's because in its simplest form, prayer is just communication with our Heavenly Father. It's just having a conversation with our Heavenly Father. And it's meant to be a two-way conversation. I think sometimes we think it's just a one-way conversation, like we're talking to a wall or something, but that's not the case. Because we're talking to God, it's, it's in those moments where we can be reminded about who God is and what he's done. You can actually go to God and ask for his will to be done in your life, not, not your own. You can rely on him in meeting your daily needs. It's in prayer and, and reading God's word that we learn to forgive others and receive forgiveness ourselves. It's in prayer that we can claim the promise that the victory belongs to God. And as followers of Jesus, that means the victory belongs to us as well. What's amazing is when you read God's word, you find that prayer appears on, on really countless pages of God's word. I believe this is a reminder that prayer is at the very center of what it means to have a relationship with God, to develop a sincere faith in Jesus. You know, I'm a parent of four boys. You might have got that from my introduction to the message today. And some of the best times I've spent with my boys have been times where we just talk. Now, most of the time, they want to wrestle or go in the backyard and play. And I have to be honest with you, I'm not always the best at sitting and, and just talking. But I can tell you that it really does mean the world to them when they have my undivided attention, regardless of what we're doing. Today, we can pray for mom. That she would know God intimately through prayer. And that she would know the joy that comes from having that constant communication with her heavenly father. Let's pray for her at this time. Father, we pray for her knees. That she would know you intimately through prayer. And that she would grow to trust and depend on you more and more through prayer. Help her to continue to develop the, the kind of prayer life that you want her to have. And today, Lord, we follow your, your word's instruction to pray for all people. We pray for all people today, Lord. I ask that you be with moms and, and dads and families during this time. Lord, and that they would see your goodness and faithfulness. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.